I think the ending is happy, but it is more about the main character's journey through figuring out some things about herself and how to move forward in the world than it is about riding off into the sunset. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local Franklin Mass area dial at 102.9. Here today for a special conversation with Susan K. Hamilton, local author. Susan, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. Yes, this is the Zoom world, the Zoom studio, as opposed to, if I recall correctly, last year we were out on the Tom Common on the bench on a fairly nice summer day. Yes, yeah, uh, probably a good decision to be indoors today. It's a little bit chilly to be out on the Common. Even if we'd wanted to be outside, we would have adjusted because of the weather. Yeah, I'm hearing the wind blow and having had the windows done, you know, a couple of years ago, I, they're so much quieter. When I hear the wind blow, I know it's windy. Yeah. <laughs> so for those folks who may not have heard of, oh, Susan Hamilton, an author, what it would just give us a little bit on your Franklin story, if you will, and we'll get into at least the three books that I know of that I've read, and we can kind of summarize those to get folks aware of what's going on. Sure. Um, my husband and I moved to Franklin about 22 years ago now. Wow. So Time does here. fly. Yes. So we've been here for a bit. Um, but a very good friend of mine, I'd always been familiar with the town because a very good friend of mine growing up, uh, and we knew through mutual hobbies uh, together, grew up here as well. So I was I was coming over to Franklin pretty much as soon as I could drive a car. So. Mm-hmm. Learning the roads and the byroads. Yes. yes, indeed. And if I recall, you did the first two of your books, or at least the first two that I read were more we're definitely in the fantasy realm. The first one, if I remember correctly, was the Shadow King, yes. um, set in a fantastical kind of Boston setting. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Shadow King was my first one that came out, I think, in 2018. 2018, I recall, yes. Yes, um, and it is, it is uh, a dark urban fantasy where um, dark fae run Boston's criminal underworld, and a face seer has to decide if revenge is worth betraying the person she loves. Mm. Yes. And of course, Boston is has some some notoriety around underworld. So to the extent that some of the descriptions were you know, like downtown Boston, you could kind of, oh, this is interesting. But it was definitely a different world. <laughs> definitely. I wanted to have it grounded in some some bit of reality. Um, so I definitely refer to some places in Boston that, that are real and some of the locations are made up. So I've kind of blended the fiction, my fictional Boston with the real one. But people who read it should see a few familiar things in there, either either buildings or street names or different areas of the city. Mm-hmm. And then in your second one, you took the fantasy in another world where you had angels and devils <laughs> yes yes my second book um which came out about a year and a actually a little more than a year and a half after uh 
Shadow King, the the pandemic kind of interrupted my my production schedule with my publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, so it came out later than we planned, but it came out, and that's the important piece. Yes, um, yes. the devil inside, if I remember yes, correctly. The, yes, yes, the devil inside, and uh, that one is is definitely dark fantasy, but I would say it's got a, a healthy dose of supernatural romance in it. Mm-hmm. Because there's definitely a, a romantic element to it, even though it's not meant to be a romance novel per se. But in that one, uh, an ambitious devil who is dead set on becoming hell's number one sales and acquisitions agent uh, starts an affair with a disgruntled angel who's stuck in what he feels is a, a little bit of a dead end job. And when her biggest rival in hell figures out what's going on, he thinks that this is just another way that he can take down his strongest competition. So the devil is ends up in a position where she either needs to share all of her dark secrets, which mm. could totally disrupt uh, the hierarchy of heaven and hell, or let her angel take the fall for it and walk away. So you get a little smattering of religious images, at least in terms of the angels, devils, the hierarchy, and then the the basic kind of business matters. You're like, who do I trust? (laughs) What's really important? Yes. And I, and I have the um, more divine realms, heaven, hell, I have them actually set up more like a corporation with, with God in the position of CEO and chairman. And Lucifer as the managing director of hell and Michael is the managing director of heaven. Which is an interesting structure. <laughs> and then you broke away from kind of the fantasy world and did more of a, a more of a contemporary novel, I would, I would call it, but what, what was, you, you shifted and we'll get into the shift, but so you did the, the new book is Stoneheart and it's, Certainly not fantasy in either the devils, angels, and or fey world to that extent. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Stoneheart is actually a big departure for me genre-wise. I grew up reading a lot of fantasy, and it's one of my go-to favorite genres. So that's what I started writing in. Um, but I decided to take a little bit of a, a side detour into women's fiction. So this is completely. There's, there's not an angel, devil, fairy, or goblin, or anything else to be seen in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, it is about a troubled singer who returns home to record her new album. And she, she comes face-to-face through a, a publicity stunt gone wrong with her biggest regret that is her ex from high school. Uh, someone who she feels is the only one who's ever loved her for who she is and not what she is or what she could do for them because she's famous. And they end up, um, he is in the middle of his, his marriage is currently breaking down and they end up in the middle of an affair and she has to come to terms with the regrets she has from the past, the, the way she wants to move through the world and how to let go of the things that don't serve her anymore. Mm. So what's been really interesting about it is um, 
to some early readers because the romantic entanglement between the two of them is is a fairly prominent part of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they or some of the early readers jumped to the conclusion that it's a romance novel, and it's not. Mm-hmm. It is it it is women's fiction. It it falls probably under the umbrella of romantic fiction is a very broad category but if you are if you're a reader and you're looking for that that alpha hero who who saves the day Mm -hmm. this isn't going to be the book for you it doesn't necessarily follow the formula people expect for a romance novel right and which is fine i and i i am the first one to say i love a good romance novel Mm -hmm. Um, i i enjoy the genre very much but when you read a romance novel, there's a certain formula that you expect as a reader, including kind of the happily ever after ending. And if you're expecting that exact kind of happy ending, you're probably not going to find it the way you you hope to in my book. I think the I think the ending is happy, but it is more about the main character's journey through figuring out some things about herself and how to move forward in the world than it is about riding off into the sunset with her, someone she's cared about for many years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of the classic princess bride riding off to the sunset with the, with the, with the magnificent kiss, et cetera. (laughs) Yes. And like I said, that's, I, I love a good story like that. And I know a lot of people do, but it was, it definitely changed how I approached talking about it to people. Mm-hmm. So that I didn't set them up to to have a false expectation of what the book would be. Right. Now, I assume since given the timelines of the publishings of the others, and then, of course, COVID, this was really written during COVID? Um, a little bit. It actually was an idea I had tinkered around with quite a few years ago. And then I kind of put it aside because it, it wasn't fantasy. And at the time I wasn't comfortable branching out. Okay. Yeah. You but wanted to once, stay close. Yeah. Yeah. But once I was done with the devil inside, I thought, you know, all right, it's time to come up with something new. And I tinkered around with a few ideas and they didn't quite catch my attention. And I found this and I started, I, I read through a little bit of it. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. I really, I, I liked that idea and the mm-hmm. that I did to play with it. And I said, yeah, but it's, it's again, it's, it's not in the fantasy genre. And that's kind of how I've established myself a little bit as a writer. So I'm, I, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. every time I tried something new, I kept going back to it and thinking, yeah, but I'm interested in that now. And finally, I just said to myself, you know, there's no rule that says, because I start in fantasy, I have to stay there. I said, if this is the story that's that's got my attention and has me interested and has me excited to write, then write it. So that's when I, I kind of dusted off the old, very, very slim manuscript um, and really kind of dug in and changed a whole bunch of things and and took it in a new direction but that's that's how i ended up on that path certainly by mentioning it during the covid period covid and post-covid certainly has given people pause not that covid is the only thing that'll do that because clearly that kind of a 
uh, a critical moment in a life can occur almost any time, and certainly has occurred in your prior books. But the setting, I think, was appropriate here as well in terms of she's returned from uh, on the road for almost forever, and now she's going to do recording and this interview, you know, promo event kind of takes a weird turn, and all of a sudden, like, oh, what's going on yes. here? <laughs> So, I mean, to a certain extent, those events clearly are much more realistic than the fantasy pieces, but then everything else just kind of flows along with it. So, yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things I, I got a, a very good review, like I said, I've had a, a couple folks who've, who've reviewed the book who who had some difficulty with the infidelity in it. They realized mm. that is a, a hot button topic for some people. And, and right. there's going to be some people who don't, don't want to read it because of that and and i respect that right um but i did have one reviewer what i really enjoyed some readers may have a tough time with this read because it's raw and open the author paints a starkly beautiful picture of the decisions that lead these characters to the choices they make and the fallout from those actions the novel takes the reader from the highs of fame fortune and passion to lows of pain loss and deep regret she deftly navigates this minefield, keeping the reader engaged and reminding us that rarely is life made up of issues that are black or white, good or bad. Perfect and unequivocal answers are scarce because life is more complicated than we want it to be. I recommend Stoneheart by Susan K. Hamilton to readers who appreciate realistic characters struggling with genuine issues, to fans of romance novels that are less about perfect heroes than about how messy life truly is, and to those who enjoy stories that touch all of the reader's emotions. And I was so happy to get that because I feel like she got the messages I was trying to get out there is that basically sometimes when you're in love, you do dumb things. Yeah. And things that when you look back, you're like, what was I thinking when I did mm -hmm. that? And sometimes your friends are like, you know, I'm, I'm still your friend, but I think this is a bad decision mm -hmm. you're making. Right. You know, I, I still love you, but I'm, I'm, I'm mad at you for making that decision. And that's what I hoped people would do is they would get invested enough in these characters to say when they got to these bad choices that they make, because I have several characters make questionable decisions in this mm -hmm. book. Yeah. Get there and be like, don't do it. Don't do it. Doll, oh, you did it. I get why you did it, but I'm, I'm mad that you did. But to have that empathy and understanding as to, to why the people in the book think and act the way they do, even if you don't necessarily agree with them. And without giving away the ending, of course, although we've kind of teased towards it, I think this, as well as the other two books, are, for me, it was kind of the easy read they flowed nicely. You could just sit down, pick it up, or just crunch through it, you know, binge through it if you wanted. And I'm a fast reader. Others may not be as fast, but they were good reads and clearly different enough from kind of the other reads that I do, whether it's nonfiction or occasional other fiction that certainly is much longer, Lord of the Rings being one of my favorites, but this this is in the shorter, nice, condensed category. And yeah, the quote I think really capsulizes it. Yeah, I was I was super happy with that. Good. So now that you've kind of 
twisted are you going to go back to fantasy going to continue this going to try something new or have you even decided yet <laughs> um, i am actually tinkering on and I, and I clearly now that i've said it like three times this interview um tinkering is probably my word of choice today okay <laughs> tinkering is um, a good word you know it, it it implies action and adjustment and you know there's no final decision you're tinkering <laughs> exactly I am actually working on a potential follow-up to Stoneheart, which is also new territory for me. Um, I have, as a writer, I would say struggled with follow-up books because you you see a lot of authors and all of a sudden it's they've got a five-book series. Mm. And and that's a little intimidating, to be honest. Right. <laughs> that's a that's a lot of story around the same characters. And I've I've tried to do some follow-up stuff with both Shadow King and the Devil Inside. And I found that I've gotten a little stuck with it because now that they're out and I've seen people's reaction, there's there's an expectation out there. Oh yes. Of of how people feel about the characters and what they they what they might think the characters should be doing next. Mm -hmm. And it makes me worry that the second book won't live up to the first. And I right. know that is this something I need to navigate through um, yes. from a, both a mental and emotional standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, so I know where I want Lauren, who's the main character in Stoneheart to go next. Um, I, and I knew that when I was writing the first book. Okay. Um, so I'm, I've gotten much further in the second book than I have in any other attempt I've made at a follow-up. I've got about closing in on about 20,000 words in my mm. manuscript. Um, okay. Yeah. And there's still a few things that I, I need to, to sort through and, and how I want to approach it and where I want to go with it. Um, but I'm interested in where it's going. So that's a good sign for me that I'm not just like, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm feeling weird about it. And I'm not sure if this is the right direction to go. There's definitely a story there. I just quite haven't, I haven't chiseled, chiseled the sculpture out of the rock yet. Yes, indeed. Well, that's why you're tinkering and it's good. Yeah. And I think it's key kind of playing back what you said to the extent that your character, Lauren, you had a vision beyond the first book. And now you're kind of living, tinkering within that vision to flesh it out accordingly. Um, and to the extent that you are indeed interested in it, that's what as a writer, and I do write other than on a daily basis, I do write on the side as well. If you're not interested, it's not going to come. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. You got to be interested in it and then continue to, because it is work. It, it it's It's not. Some things come easy. Certainly the, the certain drafts may come very easy, but then it's work editing and then fine tuning yeah. and making sure the consistency is all there. Mm -hmm. You know, there is, that's where the craft of the writing comes in. And of course, you've got editorial help and reader feedback and all right. those kinds of things to to navigate because really it comes back to it's it's your image, your vision. And well, do you really want to go that way? You're going to have to make that choice depending upon every other factor. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's, I think it's really important 
to get reader feedback and and have the story that's that's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, from a from a technical standpoint with my writing, I'm definitely what they refer to as a, a, a panster when it comes to my first drafts is I tend to not outline very much. I end up feeling a little restricted if the, if the outline is too detailed and then I have a different idea, I have a hard time deviating from the outline. Mm-hmm. So I tend to string, have an idea and then string together a bunch of scenes and dialogue and notes about where I want to go and where I want to end up. Um, which ends up making for me the editing process a lot more difficult because I'll have notes here and notes there and I've got to do something else. At some other time, we'll get into more of your writing kind of process because it sounds like you've got kind of some sketchy outlines and then you kind of flesh those out as you go. Um, So anything else you want kind of readers to know other than go buy the book, try it out, you may like it. Yeah, no, I would say I would love to have readers um, try any of my books. I think they, in some ways, they cross genres a little bit because um, mm-hmm. there's definitely, say, in Shadow King, there's definitely a a bit of a crime novel element to it, um, thriller element, as well as it being fantasy. Yeah, they're not perfectly pigeonholed by all means. Yeah, no. in, yeah. in Stoneheart, it's definitely, there's a big romantic element to it, even though it's not a romance novel. So I think I think a wide variety of readers would enjoy it. So I would mm-hmm. encourage you, to, if you haven't tried any of these genres, give it a shot and see what you think. Well, thank you for taking time today to share. And assuming you've got more books coming, we'll have more opportunity to talk. Sounds great. Excellent. Well, thank you very much and have a good rest of the day. And for the listeners, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.